You are listening to The Potato Podcast, presented by Columbia Media Group. On today's episode, Dave joins Riley Reynolds by phone to discuss calcium. Reynolds is the Director of Sales and Marketing for the North American Business Segment of Oral Agri. This episode is sponsored by Syngenta Elatus. Protect the perimeter of your potato crop with Elatus fungicide from Syngenta. When applied in furrow at planting, Elatus controls rhizoctonia and suppresses verticillium wilt, giving your potatoes long-lasting protection during early development. Talk to your local Syngenta retailer about Elatus. Always read and follow label instructions. Please check with your local extension service to ensure registration status. Syngenta supports a FIFRA 2 E recommendation for suppression of verticillium wilt on potatoes in certain states. This is Dave Alexander, and we are, uh, have another edition of the Potato Podcast today. And uh, right now on the phone with us is Riley Reynolds from Oro Agri. Um, and I want uh, first off to ask Riley what uh, you do for the company. How, how are you doing today? I'm great, Dave. Yeah, uh, my name is Riley Reynolds. Um, I am the Director of Sales and Marketing for the North American Business Segment uh, for Oro Agri, now a division of Omnia. Um, Omnia is a company based out of South Africa, a very large uh, nutritional company and, and uh, chemical company down there. And then Oral Agri has been in business uh, for the last 18 years in the United States. And uh, But I, I manage their um, marketing and sales for Canada, uh, United States, Mexico, and as of the most recent, uh, Northern South America and Central America. So... That's what I do for the company. All right, very good. And and uh, now we're going to launch into the topic of this podcast, and that's uh, calcium. So, Riley, uh, tell us why calcium is important. In in the general rule, uh, calcium is probably the king of the um, elements that that a potato plant really needs in order to be. Um, without any disease, without any blemishes in the cellular structure as it develops, as it goes into storage for storability, for processing. Calcium calcium has an effect on all of these attributes of the potato, and every grower out there knows it. Every grower understands that calcium is critical. Every grower probably applies uh, untold amounts of calcium probably in their fertilizer budget Calcium may be one of their most expensive uh, uh, attributes or the most expensive input that they put on their on that potato crop. And so it just has far-ranging aspects and responsibilities in the development of that plant. So um, what specific diseases can be attributed to a lack of calcium? Well, diseases were there. There's a lot of speculation on a lot of diseases, but in the calcium in the soil, we know that there is structural integrity that sometimes can increase the opportunity for rhizoctonia. Uh, sometimes we see a um, calcium levels that are uh, causing other issues that maybe soil we get some water uh, 
standing water, we, we get desaturated, our fields go to field capacity, we, we begin to get white rot or, or pink rot and, and white mold. There's just a lot of things that can be attributed to the structural capacity of the soil, and calcium has an effect on that in the soil. Per se, in the plant itself, generally calcium is more uh, of a cellular structure uh, in the plant. We get a reduction in hollow heart. A lot of times there's cracking or splits. Uh, the, uh, a nice calcium level inside that tuber can reduce those effects, sometimes completely eliminate those. And uh, But those are kind of the aspects of the potato plant when it comes to a calcium deficiency or the right levels of calcium at the right time. So on the on the flip side of that, um, a potato that has had plenty of calcium or the correct levels of calcium, um, that's going to show what increased uh, yield, right, through uh, specific gravity or what? What is definitely that? definitely if you generally calcium can be attributed directly to a specific gravity uh, if if applied at the right timing or if available at the right timing. We also know that the storability of the potato is much better. They get a reduction in bruising. We know that calcium, as it firms up that periderm or even the in, in, inner, uh, inner parts of the potato plant, can reduce a lot of the problems that uh, these potato growers find that are affecting them come springtime when they pop those cellar doors open and they, they have a lot of rot, they have a lot of waste, they have to, you know, they get rid of a lot of, of the crop that they harvested that earlier that fall. And uh, because of lack of calcium, they can have a whole lot of uh, loss due to that. But when you do have the right amounts of calcium, everything seems to operate at a, at a whole different level. We, we get especially for those that are growing processed potatoes, we get that uh, specific gravity increase. And the processors, those are generally, that, that generally comes to the grower in the form of a bonus. Whereas too little calcium or when the specific gravity is too low, they, they get docked in their fees or their yields. So, yeah, a good, a good calcium level in that tuber is, can make, make or break the profitability for a potato grower. So as far as the ROI goes with calcium, um, if you're going to get less money from the processor, obviously you need to have the correct level. Um, talk, talk to us about that. Well, so that kind of goes in two directions. So we have uh, the correct levels. That's all dependent upon your soil structure as it sits. I mean, you come up to Idaho or, or go into some of these Pacific Northwest soils where we have high calcareous soils already. Many growers would say, I already have high enough calcium levels. Why do I need more calcium? The reality is, is that calcium is not available to the, the plant. So we have to find a way to make that calcium available to that plant during the critical cellular division process in that tuber in, at the early stages. Whereas, you know, you go up to Maine where they have uh, very low calcium levels in their soil and they begin to grow on some higher sands or even some, some of the high organic soils which don't have calcium in it already. Those are the soils that have to have high inputs in the soil. Um, but when we talk about inputs, the problem exists that even though we're putting that calcium on the soil or we are foliarly applying that calcium, that does not mean that that calcium is actually getting into the tuber. 
So this is the this is the great dilemma that a lot of growers fight is they think they're doing the right thing by putting certain inputs into the crop, but in reality they are exasperating the problem that already exists in many of the soil types that we deal with and grow potatoes in across the United States and in other parts of the, of, the, of the world. So you're saying the uh, potatoes can't access uh, the calcium? That, that is correct. In, in a high calcareous soil, oftentimes we have a lot of phosphate as well in the soil. So that phos, phosphate and the calcium are, are more closely associated and it's bound. Those two things, we call it rock phosphate or cal, calcium phosphate. And that calcium phosphate is not available to the plant. The plant doesn't have the strength or the ability to extract that calcium away from the phosphate phosphate in that soil profile so the plant can do only as much as it can do it's going to be exuding some the the root exudates are going out there they're trying to solubilize that calcium they're pushing into it that root cap is at uh, the meristematic uh, region is is trying everything it can to pull in calcium but the reality is, is most times in the soils without additional forms of calcium or additional forms of available calcium that calcium that we see on the soil sample is not available to the plant. So this is a, actually a good segue in um, into your product that you represent, the uh, uh, Encouraged Nanocal. Um, you've come up with uh, sub-micronized particles, and uh, nano meaning very small, and cal meaning calcium, of course. So how is how does that product help uh, this situation you just described? Well, so in, in many times, let's, let's talk about some of the forms of calcium that, that growers have access to. They, we see a lot of growers putting a lot of calcium chloride on their soil, and that, and that can be very readily available, but they're also putting a lot of chloride in the soil, and, and that we don't know the deleterious effects that that is going to have long-term on that potato plant. That's a salt that we don't need. It's a salt that we don't want necessarily. The, uh, so, but that's a very that's that can be a very available form uh, in the solution that it's in. Then we have your calcium sulfate, which everybody recognizes as gypsum. And gypsum, uh, the particle size, it depends on the availability. Sometimes that the calcium and the sulfate, in the presence of hydrogen, which is a, is an acid, that hydrogen ion will break that up, and and the calcium goes in the soil, and the sulfate goes in the soil, and and if if the calcium is small in a particle, the plant can actually access it and can utilize it. However, in most cases, gypsum uh, or hardboard, the, the sheetrock that we use in our houses is gypsum. In many cases, that gypsum is just too large for the potato root to actually access it or break it down quickly enough to consume it. And and I say consume, that's probably not the right technical term, but Everybody understands that the plant is accessing it and absorbing it in that meristematic region of the root. But if the particles are too large, then there's something that has to happen. They have to weather. They have to be broken down. They have to be solubilized. But in many cases, in in most of the soils that they're putting them on, that gypsum on, the affinity for that calcium and the sulfate is stronger than the cation exchange capacity in the soil for that calcium. So... 
what happens is when those soils start to dry down, that calcium and, and the sulfate will actually reassociate in that soil and can, over time, begin to form a very interesting layer down on the hard pan of gypsum. And they can sometimes I've seen it in soil samples as thick as three quarters of an inch, where they've they basically put a horizontal layer of hardboard sheetrock right down on that plow pan layer over time, where gypsum has come out of soluble being in a solution state and reassociated and created gypsum. So we got to be careful about that one too, because the plant can't always access it. And there are there are many different qualities of calcium in in the gypsum realm. The, the third type is a calcium carbonate, and those particles can range from 200 microns down to our particle size, which is at a 0.7 micron. And depending on what you have, that plant will have to weather that as well. So the calcium carbonate generally is used in soils with a very low pH because calcium carbonate is known to be a reagent where it can actually uh, elevate the pH levels in soil. But in the right forms and in the right particle size, that calcium becomes very readily available to the plant. So as we discussed, Encourage NanoCal, this is a product that we've been working with now since 2017. And when we first started out with it, we, we looked at it because of the particle size. And there's other other products in NanoCal, so it's, it's not a fair comparison to some of these other calcium carbonates, but the particle size requires no weathering, no breakdown. It is immediately available to the plant. And so when we put this on in very low doses, in many cases, uh, one quarter acre is all that a grower will need in order to meet the demands of that potato. What happens is when applied at the right timing for cellular division, which is uh, from hook till about uh, golf ball size is, is the only time that you have that you're going to actually be able to get calcium into that tuber while it's cellularly dividing. So we need to make sure that that calcium is there, available, and when that potato wants it, and each cell begins to divide itself and creates that tuber, when we have the maximum level of calcium in that, we then will see at the end of the season uh, a reduction in the expression of hollow heart cracks, all of these other deficiencies uh, attributed to low calcium levels, specific gravity, and, and all of those things. So NanoCal, because of its particle size, has in, a major increase in surface area. Uh, and I like to uh, compare it to, you know, a, a person pouring a, a five-gallon bucket of marbles on a field versus a five-gallon bucket of tennis balls. And that surface area of the smaller particle just, just means that we can access access every cation exchange site. And then we have free-flowing calcium that when the root is growing into it, it is pulling that in without weathering it. And it is immediately growing into that tuber and immediately um, differentiating, differentiating itself from any other form of calcium currently on the market. It is pretty. It is a remarkable product in its performance. And the timing, uh, as you mentioned, is is critical for application. It's a liquid, right? It it is a liquid. It's very flowable. It can be sprayed on, uh, injected. It can be chemigated. It can be applied in in any of those methods. But the timing is the most important thing. And 
timing is about we want to put the product on about seven to 15 days ahead of hook. And a hook usually occurs when that potato plant is about six inches in diameter. And so the plant is just barely starting to grow. It sends out and it hooks. And from that moment until golf ball size, that's the only period of time that we have to get calcium into that tuber. I give the example often when I'm, I'm working with growers or customers that, you know, we, we talk about a, a, a woman who is pregnant and in that first month to two months, the doctors put them immediately on vitamins once they find out that that woman is pregnant because that fetus, as it's cellularly dividing, if it misses a nutrient or a mineral, at the end of that, when that baby is born, it will express that deficiency in a birth defect in many cases. Or if we we see people that are taking harmful substances into the body, we'll also see that as a birth defect at the end of that process. And the same thing happens with the potato. We just need to think of the roots as the umbilical cord and that as that potato tuber is dividing and cellular dividing and growing, we need to have the maximum allowable levels of calcium to be brought into that tuber so that at the end of that growing season, the expressions of a calcium deficiency will not exist. And that's what we're really talking about here in calcium. And if the calcium is there but not available or calcium is there but too big and it requires more weathering, we'll miss it. We, we will not get that calcium into that crop. So when the grower says, hey, I've got all this calcium in my soil, why am I still getting hollow heart? Why am I still getting cracks? Why am I still getting all of this bruising? Or why am I losing this in the cellar? It's because they didn't put the right form of calcium down at the right timing to maximize the potential of that crop for all of those things. I like the uh, analogy of putting drywall into your uh, soil, and obviously if you're doing that, um, you're not going to have any available calcium to the plant. That is correct, and and it's expressed across the Pacific Northwest. Uh, We've been in regions where it it is really, really deleterious to the soil, And, and generally the first expression of that is going to be standing water. The water just cannot move past that that hardboard area. So if you see standing water, you know uh, you you possibly have a problem down below. Exactly, it's a great it's a great indicator. All right. Well, I think uh, I've certainly learned a lot about calcium today, and I hope this has been beneficial to growers out there. I want to uh, thank you, Riley Reynolds, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for your time. We appreciate your time as well. Okay. Thank you, sir. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only, and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests. We do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of Columbia Media Group or its affiliates.